we had a treat this morning, and we'd like to share it with you. I had a young man come in. His name is Eric. And, uh, it, it, I mean, everyone is, I mean, I'm, and I mean this, is, is special. It's cool. <laughs> People just, you come and you, you go, uh, like if you're visiting or whatever the case may be, or uh, you're here for a season of time, you know, we all have a season of time. But this young man, Eric, I think he's 22 years old. He came in about two weeks ago, and uh, he just had a look about him. And when we started to talk, he said, Pastor Tony, he said, uh, I'm searching for God. He said, I, I, I've, I've, I've been to a lot of churches, and, and I, I've been reading the Bible, and, and I, just, I just want a place where I can plug in and, and work out his will in my life. To me, that's quite a lot for a 22-year-old, if you will. And so, Eric has a story to tell. He came in at 9.15 this morning because he has to work, but he no longer wanted to wait to be baptized. So, we're going to share that by video. Let's watch Eric's baptism. Okay, good morning. This is Eric. Hi there. <laughs> and Eric comes to us this morning desiring to be baptized. And I met Eric two weeks ago. This two weeks ago. And uh, he has an awesome story, as we all do. And anyone that comes to a place of repenting and believing and putting their trust in Jesus as a Lord and Savior, we all have an awesome story. Amen. And uh, Eric's story starts back uh, when he was about 10 years old. And uh, he was very accustomed to going to church, going to Bible studies. He learned a whole lot about God, the church, and Jesus. But then, during one of these times, someone gave him uh, a Bible. And he started to read it, even at 10 years old. It didn't make a lot of sense at that time. But he started to read it, and then you go ahead a couple years in time. And then Eric started to realize, as he read especially, he, he shared with me the book of Revelation, that... The book of Revelation talks about the book of life. And he said something in his heart just just started to spark, if you will, my words. But that's how I heard what he was saying. And he said it also talked about the lake of fire. And it stirred up his heart so much, he started to really read and really try to understand what the Bible, what God was trying to tell him. Well, then you speak the clock ahead just a little bit more and... Uh, we call it the Romans row, but really it's the Word of God. And, and the Bible says in Romans um, 3.23, for all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And Eric started to realize that he fell short of God's glory. And that even though he knew a lot about God, he knew a lot about Jesus, and he was taught a lot of things going to church, he never ever repented of his sin and put his trust in Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And since that time, Eric's been on a journey... Um, he, he is under the authority of his home, and he really desired for his parents to give him a blessing uh, to be, be baptized. Um, their, their faith is such that um, he just wanted to make sure that they understood why he wanted to be baptized. And, and, and the reason being, because now he knew that he put his trust in Christ as a Savior. And so baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection which we're about ready to give a picture of. Jesus came on this earth, the Bible tells us, and he was crucified on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sin. Then he was buried, 
And he didn't stay. He didn't stay buried in the ground. Jesus rose three days later, which baptism right now. It's a picture, a perfect picture of. Eric is standing here. Jesus is already in his heart. He's already put his trust of, of, of Christ to be his savior. His trust in him as, as a savior. So as a picture, I'm, I'm going to put Eric uh, down into the water. He's not going to stay, stay there. I promised him. I'll bring him back up. Just like Jesus rose, Eric will rise. And that's a perfect picture of rising with Christ. And then we're going to leave out this door. And Eric's going to leave out this door showing that he, he his full intent is to walk in life pleasing to God. So Eric, with all that said, all right. actually it's not as good as your testimony you wrote, but we'll get to see about posting that online. So Eric, I have a question for you. Have you repented of your sin, and have you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? Oh, yes. yes with that profession of faith, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ in baptism. Amen. We can go ahead and right there, Ryan's good. Thank you so much. God is good. His grace, his mercy. Um, Eric's story uh, kind of is a lot longer than that, um, but he said he would like for us to post it, so it'll be posted on his line as soon as we can. And um, I'm looking forward to walking with him. I, again, no matter what God brings, what season of time, what, but he just has that heart. And um, one thing we, it, we didn't mention was um, since that time uh, when he was saved about two years ago, God has really put in his heart to be missional, if you will. I, I think I can use that term. Um, and so he's been studying apologetics. Who knows what the word apologetics means? Raise your hand if you know. Okay, well, all, all it is is, it, it, I'm going to say it in the, the simplest of, of ways. He's studying uh, the Word of God in such a way that he can talk to people that might have different beliefs or different understandings of who God is, and he can talk to them in such a way where he can he can explain to them without getting deep, real doctrinally deep. Or you know what I'm saying? They're just getting so deep you don't understand what he's saying. Um, I think that was a simple way of explaining apologetics. I don't know. Um, well, we're going to continue today or uh, this morning in looking at counting the costs. And if you look at your uh, worship guide, the one side I actually put last week's uh, sermon on here. Because I, I just thought it'd be good, especially if you're visiting, you'd only have half the story. So this is week one that has the logo. This is this morning that that does not have the logo, and it says part two. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure that we we understood that. And we're going to look at counting the costs, digging a little deeper. And this morning, our title is counting the costs, envisioning the future. So what does the future look like when you count the cost? When you take the time to take a deep breath and really look at where you're at in life, where I'm at in life, and where God wants me to go. So the first thing I, I just want to put out there is this. God created us and has a vision for our future. Um, like, do we really believe that? You know, sometimes sometimes it's hard to understand that that God has created us. And he does have a vision for our future. And And, and hear this out. The number one question I'm asked ever as a pastor, almost 30 years, the number one question I'm always asked is, how do I know God's will for my life? How do I know God's will? Great 
question. I mean, I, that's what I asked before I knew Christ is my Savior. All right? And so then the question comes, well, how do I know God's purpose for my life? I mean, is it the same? And then the question is, well, okay, how do I know God's plan for my life? And here's the bottom line, and all of that is right here. God created me. Do you think it was for not? Oh, no, 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 no. God, when he creates someone like us, like you, it's for a reason. And you know what? We can know the reason. It's not something you got to find. It's not something uh, you got you to gotta wonder the rest of your life. Here's the deal. You got to just seek God. Well, not just, but seek God. Count the cost. And he'll reveal this even to us. God wants the very best for us, and has made, he has made available all we need to accomplish everything he's created to be. See, God has created us for a purpose, yes. Specific purpose, yes. All right? And do you think God leaves us hanging? No, no. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, don't let, uh, we have a six-year-old grandson, Duncan, and he's at the age where he gets into a lot of trouble because he's always looking for things to do that he really probably shouldn't be doing. And you know what? He knows it. He does it anyway. Six years old, right? Okay. God has created our grandson, Duncan, six years old, to glorify him. But he'll learn along the way. We, we've got to learn. We're never too young, if you will, and we're never too old. Now, there is a place in time, just like Eric, where he, where God revealed to him his, his need to be saved, and he put, he repented and believed in Christ as his Savior. Okay, that's a different journey at that point. But the bottom line is, God doesn't leave us hanging. You, we gotta trust that if God is calling us to do something through his word, through his spirit, that he won't leave us hanging. I, I, I'm really hitting this because nothing else happens if we don't have that kind of trust in what God has for us. And then our greatest obstacle, I believe, is this. We think we can achieve our purpose in life by what we do and not who we are. You know what I mean, right? I can do this. We're going to do this. I have my own plan, my own thing. One day, if you're, if you're a little younger, or you could be older, but if you're a little younger, uh, you have plans uh, of a business, a big business. I talked to uh, an eight-year-old, eight, no, 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 sorry, 12-year-old young lady um, I, I met her and her family last week, and uh, she looked at me, and, and I was I was uh, working at, with some tools, putting in an AC unit. And um, she, she looks at me, she goes, wow, that looks like that's awesome. And I said, well, it is. I really enjoy to work. And she goes, well, you know, when I get older, I'm not going to work. I said, you're not. She goes, oh, no, 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 I'm going to be the boss. And I said, you're going to be the boss of what? Of this big company, so I don't have to work. So... <laughs> We got to start somewhere, but you see how that can, we can get skewed, right? You can, we can get a little off track a little bit. So the thing we need to realize is, you know what? I, I'm serious. I don't know. I, I'm not, of course we need to work hard and do good. But the bottom line is if we try to do what God wants us to do in our own power, I, I'm telling you, we're going to get to the end of our life and just go, I, I wish I had a do-over. Because God wants us to do our life in him. He wants us to be, not just do. And it's not too late. Uh, two weeks ago, I was talking to someone that was looking for God's purpose in their life. And, man, I, I mean, I was sharing Scripture and just talking, talking, talking. 
And after about 20 minutes, he just looked at me, 47 years old, and just looked at me and said, you don't understand, it's too late for me. It's never too late, ever. It doesn't matter the age right here in this congregation this morning. It's never too late. You, you're here for a purpose. God did not place you here just because. And I, listen, the, the part we got to grab, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get going here in a minute, but we got to grab this. We really, really, really got to grab this. The God who created us in this room right here, it's just not for not. It's for real that he desires for us to glorify him. And if we choose not to see that, then we're missing everything. Looking at Luke 14.25, it starts off like this. Now, great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, and yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Who would say those words seem pretty strong, pretty tough? Raise your hand. I mean, really. My hand's up because, I mean, what? I mean, Jesus is saying, listen, you know, to the great multitudes, to the many, to, to, to the people that just are walking with him at this point. And he's saying, if you don't forsake all and follow me, you're not going to get what I'm trying to teach you. You're not going to get what God has for you. And I know these words seem tough, but, you know, the bottom line is, if we don't put God first in our life, we'll never be able to hear him or receive him and what he's trying to tell us through his word and his spirit. Again, back to the uh, six-year-old Duncan, grandson. Do you think there's ever a time, by the way, this is our daughter, Heather, which is, it's her child, so I feel comfortable talking a little bit about him. But do you think that Duncan has ever gone up to his mama or daddy, and he thinks that he's ever said, um, well, you know what, I'm just, you know, uh, I'm going to put my, my three-year-old uh, three um, brother first, and he's, I'm going to let him play with all the toys, and I'm going to let him eat first, and I'm going to let him. Do you think that Duncan's younger brother, that Duncan is going to allow him to do stuff first? No. And what does mom and dad have to do? They have to step in, and they have to say, Duncan, now I want you to know this is your younger brother. And we want you to share with him. We want you to. There's instruction happened. And, there's, and that's what God does with us sometimes so, so subtly. When we get selfish and we get to a place where it's all about me, then all of a sudden God steps in and he says, no, you need to put me first. Let me help you to understand. If you don't put me first, then it's your, it's your detriment. If you don't put me first, you won't be able to know what's best for you. Just like Duncan will never know. If his parents chose to just, oh, well, it's okay. That's life. What would Duncan turn out like? He would always be selfish. He would never share, right? Continuing in Luke. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish What I want us to get here this morning is this. We need to be men and women of integrity. We really do. 
You know, there's so much. I mean, we could stay on this verse the, the whole rest of the morning, actually. I mean, there's so much to glean from this. But the bottom line is, you know, we need to take a deep breath. We need to take, we need to take our life and go, okay, what am I doing? Am I doing what God desires for me? And I know the question keeps coming up, but I'm not sure what that is. So hold on. But what am I doing? We need to take that deep breath. We need to count the cost. First, we look at our life. What am I doing? And, and, and the cost we're counting can be a lot of different things. Do I go to college? Do I uh, buy a house? Uh, do I get married? Uh, you know, I know it's, it's, it's a lot of things. But God wants to be a part of every single thing of our life. And the bottom line is we need to be men and women of integrity. What do I mean? That we do what we say we'll do. That we're in the Word of God, we're hearing from God, and when we say we'll do something, we'll actually do it. And we'll be men and women of integrity that says, you know what, I have counted the cost. I had, I have looked at what or how what I'm going to do is going to affect not only me, but my family. What I'm going to do is going to affect where I work, other employees, my friends, my church. We need to count the cost and say, I am going to stand for integrity. What God says is right and wrong. That seems so simple, but you know we're in a world today that, that that's tough. You know that. Continuing with Luke. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else while the others are still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciples. You see, you, do you hear something reoccurring here? Put me first, put me first, put me first, put me first. Trust me. I want us to glean from, from this scripture this morning. Consider what you're up against and stop fighting and losing battles. You want, you want to really grab what God has for you. And again, maybe some don't exactly know that it, what that is. But you know what would take you away from God's will quicker than, or maybe not his will, because we understand, some might not, but John six forty says, this is the will of God, that he who looks upon the Son of God and believes in him shall be saved. God's will is that we be saved. So watch. What will take us away from hearing God and understanding what God wants for our life quicker than anything is we just go, you know what? This is the last time I'm going to let that person talk to me. Or you know what? I'm just going to get another job. Or you know what? If it wasn't for my wife, that we would. Be. Or you know what? And we start, we just, for some reason, we just keep letting these things in our life become battles in our life. And instead of seeking God, what do we do? We're constantly battling life. We're constantly, you know, it's not fair. It's not right. Did anyone ever have a job? In the, as, as old, we're, we're old enough in this congregation, enough of us, enough of us. Watch. You ever have a job that you didn't like? Raise your hand if you've ever had a job. I don't. I don't have ten hands, so I can't. I, I'll raise my hand. My one. All right. But if you ever, <laughs> this is the craziest thing. But if you ever struggled like like a year or whatever or a long time in this job, and if I, and you said to yourself, if I only had another job, it would be better. And then you got another job and it wasn't. Come on. Why? Because it never will be good in that sense. 
We'll always be challenged in life. You know, for the most, I know some of, we might have a couple in here that I just love my job, you know, and I get it, so don't, but most have struggles. Why? Because it's our human nature. It's in nature. It's, it's a part of life. We need to pick our battles. And if we're not careful, we'll spend our whole life battling everything. And then we, we'll wake up one morning and we, there's nothing left to battle because we're not, we're not strong enough and we're too old to care. Okay. Come now, you who say, this is out of James 4.13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such blessings is, or boasting is evil. I think James sums it up well for this morning. We're to trust God, his word, his will, his purpose, and his plan. If we don't look at life as saying right here, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do that. We have to take a deep breath. We have to take enough time. We're in the word. We're praying. We're counting the cost. What does, what does it mean for me to do whatever God has me to do? We need to understand if it's not God's will, why are we doing it? And if we don't take the time to discover that and to ask God, what does it matter? Who's with me so far? Who's not with me so far? Just checking. Okay. Trish, put your hand. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Out of James, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desire for pleasure that war in your members? You know, the Bible really does help me to understand something, and I think it should help us to understand something. You know, where do most of our problems come from? Like most of my problems, I'm not talking about um, uh, like our house being flooded, you know, or a car accident that wasn't my fault. But our, our everyday life problems, where do most of them come from? What do you think? Yes, right there. They really do. I mean, I, I don't, what can I say? I mean, if, if, if I wasn't a practice self uh, person like that, that is full of sin and I have my own problems, but most of the times we create our own problems because we choose to, again, fight those wars and do those things or we're going to be unforgiving. And just most of the times it's those things that are within us that cause the problems in, in, that we have. I mean, it's just the way it is. That's tough sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to understand, but it's the truth. He continues and says this. You'll notice I have here 7, 8, and 11. And I just want to point out in this James 4, yep, right here, our own desires create a lot of our problems. So how do we get out of that? How do we envision our future with God? How do we count the cost? Well, right there, verse 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. What's the number one thing we need to do to count the cost and move on with whatever we're trying to figure out? We, We need to submit to God. There's no way around it. We need to submit to God. And how do we know how to submit? By being in his word, by praying, by spending time, quiet time, allowing him to speak to us. And then we need to submit to what he's saying. Six-year-old grandson doesn't always submit to mama, right? But I'll tell you what, he submits more today than he did 
a year ago because he's being trained and taught and brought up. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Trish and I have been married over 40 years, right? And we draw near to each other all the time throughout these 40 years. If we didn't draw near to each other during these 40 years, and we just spent a minute a week for 40 years, we wouldn't know each other. We, I mean, I know it's a simple example, but you get what I'm saying. If we don't spend time with God, how would we ever expect him to draw near to us? He desires that. But if we're not there listening and, and, and again, being in his word and, and, and building that relationship with him, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And then number 11, do not speak evil of anyone. Anyone have, ever have a problem with that? There's less and less hands going up. I'm not sure. That's tough. And that's one tough thing to do. But, but you know, that it's reoccurring throughout scriptures. The scriptures, you know, God makes it clear that that what we hold inside really is by far worse than most people have ever done to us. Most. I'm not saying all cases. But do you understand what I'm saying? A lot of times we hold unforgiveness in our heart. A lot of times we hold anger in our heart. Someone said something or someone did something. And you know what? The people that did it, they probably don't care. And yet it's holding us captive. Because we're choosing to allow it to keep affecting our life. And the bottom line is, eventually it comes out. So what do we do? We, we hold anger in, let's say. We hold unforgiveness in, let's say. And what do we do? The next thing we know, what's happening is, well, you know what? I don't feel good about this. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start telling others how I don't feel good about this. I'm going to start telling others what I think about what so-and-so did. I'm going to start, and the next thing you know, exactly what you don't want in your life because now you're projecting it into your life is your life. It's people today a lot still call it drama. All this drama in our life and, and most, of, most of it's caused by us. It really is. It's self-dramatization. Is that a word? Self-dramatization. I don't know, but it is. It's our own making. So how do we start envisioning the future? You got to move. It's physical. You can't just sit there. Hey, bud, come up. Give me a hand, would you? You got to, you, it's something that takes an effort. You just can't keep doing the same thing the same way. And so Bud's going to help me this morning because we just like moving blocks around. <laughs> but it really is a, a, a physical thing, you know, I'm, and I'm not saying for uh, for us, it's moving blocks for you. Uh, it might be uh, you're going to have to get alone with God and and just ask him to through his word and his spirit to help you to understand uh, or, or to forgive someone or to not have anger towards someone. And so this morning, we have an illustration. How do we start envisioning our future? We put God first. That seems like a no-brainer, but it is not a no-brainer. Because the first response to this is going to be, Pastor Tony, that's impossible. You, you, don't you know that I, I mean, I have a family. I'm, I might be married, might not. I, I, I have work. I have, I have things that I have to do. I mean, how can I put God first? Well, unless we intentionally take a deep breath and we intentionally say, God, we leave where we're at in the world, if you will, 
And we go, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to be focused on putting you first. I'll give you some examples. I'm going to be focused on, on, on watching things that would glorify you and, and build me up instead of watching things that would tear me down and, and would be evil to you. That's an example. Uh, I'm going to put you first, God, by even though I know I got to work. I know that I have a job. But when I go into the job, I'm going to, I'm going to stop complaining. I'm going, to, I'm going to say, God, you know, at least I have a job. And God, if you don't want me here, move me. Nothing wrong with that. We're counting the cost. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, but we got to intentionally go, I'm putting you first. I'm putting you first. I'm, I'm no longer going to live here. I'm going to put you first. And then be a man or woman of integrity. And as we're putting God first, we're in his word, we're, we're praying, we're, we're, we're going to actually do what we say. And, 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 I don't, I don't know about you, but I can struggle with that oh, every day. Temptations come in or something comes in, maybe the little white lie. And I'm not saying we're to be perfect, but hear me out. I need to be a man or a woman of integrity. And then consider what you're up against. Stop chasing rabbits. Stop allowing the things in your life to keep taking you down. Take that deep breath and go, you know what? I'm not going to let you get me angry. I'm not going to let you take me down. And, and I don't mean like that. I mean, you can call it positive talk. You can talk, call it what you want. But the thing is, you know why I'm not going to let you make angry, me angry? Because I'm putting God first. God does not want me to be angry. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Do not be angry and let the sun go down on your wrath. You know what? Is it okay to be angry? Is it a sin to be angry? Well, you know what? Be careful here. No. God's put that emotion within us. So if you're angry, don't go, oh, I'm not putting God first. No, no. You get angry. That's okay. Get angry. It's okay. If if there's an injustice or something wrong, get angry. But then go to God. (laughs) Don't hold it in and start attacking people and go, well, it's the whole world. You know, it's your fault, not my fault. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So consider what you're up against. God, I need your help. Help me out. And stop fighting those losing battles. You're going to never win. Right? Some of us are still fighting battles from 10 years ago. Ah, come on. Keep creeping up. We say we forgave and we haven't. We say that we've moved on, but we keep looking back. So here's kind of a review from last week, but this is exactly what happens. Pride says, I can do it better than you, God. Rebellion says, I don't want to do it your way, God. I want to do it my way. Selfishness says, you don't understand. I have excuses why I can't get victory in these areas of my life. And you know what we do? We just camp out right here. And God says, no, 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 follow me. But there's a decision. There's a chasm that takes place. We, we get to that place in our life where we're, we're following God and, and, and we're counting the cost. And the next thing you know, we're going to have to make a decision whether we're really going to do it or not. And this chasm happens because God will not allow us to go on from here until we choose to follow him and to do it his way. We got a choice. What do we do? I mean, do we, do we turn back? Do we say this is too tough? Or do we trust more, pray more, encourage one another, pray for each other? That's what we do. We need to get past this chasm. 
So how? Put pride aside. Trust that God will be the best plan in your life. God, I trust you. See, this is a for real object lesson. Did you see that board? I didn't put the block over far enough. Okay. So the best laid plans of man right here. See, oh, I'm just telling you. Okay. So trust that God has the best plan for you. You know, you go, okay, God, I, I, tr- I trust. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to trust. Repent of rebellion. Allow God's word to give you the best way. He will give us the best way. It's so awesome. Anyone ever, come on, you ever go to the word of God? Maybe it's it's now, later, you know, in the past, maybe not so much now, whatever. But you ever go to the word of God and, and like you're reading it and it's like God goes, this is your answer. Who, who's ever done? And you just go, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, if not, then that's what that's what we're doing. We're encouraging one another, spurring one another on to be in the word of God. To pray, allow his spirit to give us his plan, his ways. We need to stop being rebellious and say, God, I'm, I'm, I, you know what? I just want to do it my way, you know, instead of your way, the best way. Put away your selfishness. Allow God's love and grace into your heart. And you finally come to that place where you're seeking God and you're, 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 you're say, I'm done with this anger. I'm done with this unforgiveness. I'm done always complaining and projecting into my life, you know, and talking evil people and, or whatever the case may be. Or it might even be things like, you know what? I've been praying whether I should go to college for a year. And you know what? You know, I, I've counted the cost and I believe it's what God wants. There, there just comes a time where we need to trust God. We could be forever learning the scriptures and only gaining knowledge. We could be forever counting the cost and just being too afraid to step out in faith. There's got to be the point. That's why we count the cost. That's why we take the time. Because there's that point where I've counted, I've prayed, I sought God's word, and I said, you know what? God, I'm trusting you with what you said you will do. And we step. And we continue on that path that God has for our life. You notice I'm still not down in the world. God's plan isn't down there. It's, it's here. It's with him. It's close. It's intimate. It, it's, it's, a, it's a narrow way. It's not a broad way. And it's narrow on purpose so we'll keep our focus on him. I want us to uh, watch something. And uh, I, I, I've been really encouraging us as we're listening to the Word of God and as God speaks to us during uh, worship time, this time together, a time of reflection. Let us not leave this place without some type of reflection. You know what I mean? I mean, I, we, we can hear Scripture and we can look at object lessons, but if we don't take time to just reflect, I don't know that we'll ever get it. Time of reflection. Señor, mi Dios, al contemplar los cielos, el firmamento y las estrellas mil, al oír tu voz, en los potentes ruedas, 
God has no language barrier. He knows our hearts. He knows our life. He knows our secrets. There's nothing we can do, nothing we can say that will ever, ever take us away from the Creator who made us to be something for His glory. We can never forget that. This morning, if you're here and maybe in thinking about Eric's testimony, I mean, he he knew a lot about the Word of God. He really did. It's interesting. I mean, he was in church all the time, and he learned as a child a lot of things. But he came to the place where this was reality to him. In John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, to Eric, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I know it would be nice if uh, eternity was just a given, if it was the easy way out, if you will. But it's not. I mean, it came with a cost. It cost us nothing, but it cost God everything. I mean, Jesus literally, God came in the flesh. Jesus literally paid the ultimate price, his own life. And I know that can sound strange. I mean, when I heard it for the first time, I'm thinking, what? I mean, I just, I'll be very transparent. It did not make sense to me at all. But I knew in my heart it was true. God just revealed it. He said, this is true. And maybe it's you this morning. Maybe it's a decision God's having you to make. Will you turn from your sin, live in life your way, and get on board with God? Repent of living life your way and put your trust in Christ for what he's done for you. It's a free gift that awaits, but you must receive it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to point the way to you. And Father, if there's anyone this morning that can hear my voice, but but mostly that can hear your voice, that still small voice, when your word is spoken, And your spirit reveals that we are a sinner separated from you. And that the only way we can be brought back to you is through your son. Jesus said it himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me right here and now. You already know what to do. I know I did. I know many in this room did. For God gives us the opportunity to repent, to turn from living our life our way and say, I want to put my trust in what you've done for me, Jesus. I want you to save me. With your eyes still closed, I'm going to just ask real quick so I know how to pray. Is there anyone in this room that would say, Pastor Tony, you know what, this morning, God's been dealing with me maybe before now or maybe even this morning, but this morning I did pray, and I asked Jesus to be my Savior. Would you put your hand up? I want no one else looking around just so I know how to pray. Is there anyone that would say, Pastor Tony, this morning I prayed and asked Jesus to be my Savior. Okay, anyone else? 
anyone else. I'm not going to bring you up. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to know how to pray. Anyone else? Who here would say, Pastor Tony, I, I, you, we're to walk with one another. I'm here to equip you. I'm just going to ask this question. Who here would say, Pastor Tony, I have been trying to count the cost, or maybe I haven't, but there's one thing that I know leaving here this morning. I need to take a deep breath, and I need to start counting the cost in these things or things in my life. Raise your hand so I can have an idea. Okay. Father, thank you. It's you. It's all about you. Thank you for those who have come this way because you brought them here. Thank you for giving us the opportunity just to be together and to glorify you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.